Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast Holiday Spectacular number one. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're normally a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways, but this this week's something a little bit special. We're coming at you four ways. Four Christmas special ways. Whoa. Uh, every year, if you've been paying attention, we do a Christmas special, and because you demanded it, we have compiled them all into one holiday spectacular. Uh, that's right. We've taken all four years. Yeah, we have been doing this for five years, uh, <laughs> but we took one. We took one year off. We thought the He-Man one was so good, we didn't need to follow it up. And then we figured out, no, we should definitely figure those out. Yeah, because follow you demanded up. we do them. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a demand, and here is our first one. As we mentioned, uh, this was by blind luck. Uh, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, Ed, uh, one year gave me the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special on DVD. And it came with, for some reason, PDF file of the script. Yeah, on the DVD. But, yeah, that's one of the special features for it. Mm-hmm. But but weird, like, uh, <laughs> like small changes in Espanol. Yeah. Some of the character names. Espanol. Yes, <laughs> so we decided, hey, let's just take this uh, childhood favorite of ours, which on recent viewings is actually quite horrible. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you mean recent? Because it was terrible when we did this. Yeah. You can hear it in the special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we decided to break it down and beg and mortify it. Uh, I really like my Orco. I think I'm spot on. Uh, I, I still... You know, say I do a really good Skeletor. Oh, I love your Skeletor in it, John. Thank you. I guess I really like my little Hispanic. (laughs) Uh, I I enjoy how much a bitch She-Ra is, and then how angry Man of Arms is about everything. (laughs) Well, because he's got to talk through that mustache, which is just Chris's finger over his mouth, because every time he did a line, he made a mustache with his finger. I I had to get into character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Without further ado, we bring you the first of the four segments of the Bag and Boardcast Holiday Special, the He-Man She-Ra Christmas Special. There it is. <laughs> okay. The Tasty Groove. <laughs> All right. When I say kick it, just kick it. Welcome to the first ever Bagged and Boardcast Christmas Special. Uh, Music's too loud. He Man, Shira, and Shira. Why is the music so loud? It's not. It's in your. It's loud in your head. It's not loud in our recording. Here we go. Turn it down. We enter on the King and Queen of Eternia as the Great Hall is bustling with activity as preparations are being made for a grand celebration. It's a happy time for us, dear Marlena. You think this will be the first time that the twins are together to celebrate their birthday with all the family? Shira's friends even came from far off Eternia. <laughs> and they are helping to decorate. What a celebration! The preparations <laughs> have been going on for days. You know. It reminds me of how we used to get ready for Christmas at this time of year. Christmas? What's that? Some kind of Earth holiday? A very special Earth holiday. I wonder where He-Man and Man-at-Arms are. 
Meanwhile, in a snow-covered field, Man-at-Arms and He-Man finish their work on a glorious machine. Shouldn't we be helping with the decorations? In a minute. We're almost finished here. You know, if it works, this little sky spy will give us a complete picture of Skeletor's every move. As Man-at-Arms and He-Man depart, we'll find they weren't quite alone in the field. Who is that? Why, it's the troublesome wizard Orko. Interesting. I think I'll have take a look. Huh? But how do I get inside? Aha! A hatch! A vroom! A vroom! The mischievous Orko, yet again lost in one of his flights of fancy, begins imagining that he's flying around in the sky spy. All systems on! With the press of a button and the bull of a switch, Man-at-Arm's newest contraption takes flight! What did I do? How can I get this thing down? Or should I try a spell? Why not? Sky spy, sky spy, skippity skate. Get me down to someplace safe. Then as quick as a flash, the sky spy takes off towards space with Orko still inside. Whoa! Oh, it's slowing down. Boy, am I glad. Back home again. Hey, that doesn't look like Eternia. Oh, oh, we're going in! (laughs) (laughs) With a clamorous clash, the sky spy crashes amidst a range of snow-covered peaks. From somewhere in the distance, a voice calls out, Help, help! Orko sees two Earth children pulling a peculiar-looking tree on a sled. Above them, the great mass of snow covering the mountaintops before them begins to give way. And tumbles towards them. Person who wrote that script. Look out! Above them, before them. Look out! The children begin to float out of the way of the snow that moments before had been crushing towards them. Elf, what's going on? Hey, put us down. Oh, what are you doing out here all alone in the snow? Getting a tree for Christmas. A what? A Christmas tree. Until we got lost. Uh, a Christmas tree until we got lost. <laughs> ah, there, there. You're not really lost. You found me, didn't you? Found you? Hey, I'm the one who's lost. My ship crashed over that hill. Come on, I'll show ya. Meanwhile, back in Eternia... Man-at-arms, He-Man, we've got a serious problem. What is it, She-Ra? It's Orko. He's missing. We just found his magic book outside near the launch pad. Ah, oh, he's missing? We (laughs) just found his magic book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, he must have stowed away in the sky spy. <laughs> uh, I have him underlined, too. <laughs> yes, yes, we switched on the rockets. We got to find him. And at that moment, back on the planet Earth. What's that? <laughs> a, a flying saucer? Nah, it's just a sky spy. Come on, let's go inside and warm up. You said you were looking for a Christmas tree? What's that? First of all, it's a Christmas... No, I mean, it's not a Christmas tree. It's a Christmas tree. 
And you two celebrate Christmas. Oh, what's Christmas? Everyone knows what Christmas is. I don't. When you get lots of presents. Presents? Hey, I think I like this Christmas. Well, this is our part of it. But it's also a time when everybody thinks about peace and goodwill toward men. That's what the angel said. Vote for Miguel. <laughs> angel? <laughs> now I'm getting really confused. No, he's not confusing. Not at all. Listen, if you don't know about Christmas, we'll tell you the whole story. A long, long time ago. Well, the children tell Orko about the wonder of Christmas. Man at Arms makes a startling discovery. I got it. Right here's where the sky's about landing. Gots it? You're Shira. <laughs> <laughs> Why, those are Earth coordinates. Oko's landed on Earth. Are you saying we'll never get Oko back? No, Shira. My transport beam might do it. And thanks to our little story intrusion, we've missed the boring parts of the children's Earth tale. Oh, what a beautiful story. <laughs> Except for all that religious crap. <laughs> but what about the gifts? You said there were gifts at Christmas. That's the fun part. Yes, he's telling about Santa Claus. I'll tell him. On Christmas Eve, Santa hitches up his, his reindeer, and he, and he flies all over the world, and presents, yeah, he brings presents to boys and all the girls, the good ones. Presents? I think I'd like the Santa. Can I meet him? Oh, no. He only brings them when you're asleep. When you're asleep? Well, just as long as he brings them. Tell me about them dingle bells. You mean, you mean Jingle Bell. I mean, Jingle Bells. Why are we friends with her? <laughs> <laughs> As the children continue their tale, a faint light begins to flicker inside of the skies. What's that? I don't know. I'm afraid. Wait. Man-at-Arms has a transport beam. Now, what did he tell me? Stand in the light. Marco. Don't be scared, Delisha. I think I know what it is. I hope. All we have to do is hold hands and move over there. <laughs> As the children in Orko enter the light, they are transported to the Eternia glory of God. and the laboratory of man at arms. There he is. No, there they are. Orko! Who are your friends? This is Alicia and the Spanish-speaking Miguel. We're so glad you're safe, but what happened? It's a long story, and it all started back when I got into the sky spot. As Orko begins his story, deep in the black of space, an evil is stirred by the arrival of the two Earth children. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you saw me. Not there was a great disturbance. A new spirit of goodness has arrived on Eternia. The power of horde crime may be wrecked. Send for Skeletor and Hordak immediately. Uh, uh, back in the throne room of Eternia. So that's the story. And here we are. Well, I can't believe it. You really crash landed on Earth. Will we be home for Christmas? I'm not sure. Where it arms? I can't be sure. It may take a few days to reach out the transport beam. But then we'll miss the Christmas. I've got an idea. Christmas isn't for several days yet, but the twins' birthday is tomorrow. 
Why don't we combine the birthday celebration with one big Christmas party? Are you feeling okay, Queen? You sound like my mom when she drinks too much and is about to hit us. Of course, Alicia. No, don't worry. Who's Santa? Who's Santa? You don't know who Santa is? I can't believe it. Everybody knows who Santa is. (laughs) (laughs) The big man does not know Santa Claus. (laughs) With Skeletor and Hordak now present, their dark master unfurls his plan. The arrival of the spirit of Christmas on Eternia may threaten my war plan and bring goodwill and brotherhood to the planet. Find it and crush it. Have no fear, great master. I will eliminate this. This Christmas spirit before another day has passed. You? You can't even handle that muscle-bound female. She-Ra. Don't interrupt me. Just a minute. What about the way He-Man manhandles you, Bone Brain? Bone Brain? Why, you miserable excuse for a Silence! Stop wasting my time. Whoever eliminates the spirit of Christmas, an attorney will be well rewarded. That's me. We'll see about that. Narrator. Uh, um... With skeletons... As the great misdoings are plotted by horde crime, He-Man spends some quality time with the Earth children. Well, Alicia, how do you like it here on Eternia? Everybody here is very nice, but I miss Mom and Dad. Oh, don't be sad, children. You'll be home soon, and until then, we've got just the right setting for my new Christmas song. Love and caring, peaceful Christmas, joys of sharing, happiness, Christmas spirits in the air, eternia and everywhere. Don't you feel it? Feel that you're a part? Christmas season is a time of your heart. Now that's the Christmas spirit. As they finish their song, a great clatter is heard from above. It's Hordak! Run! From Hordak's helicopter, two tractor beams shoot out and grab the children, pulling them towards the ship. Oh no, help us, help us. Hey, put them down! A third beam now grabs Orko. Hey, put me down! You'll be sorry. You won't get away with this. As the copter flies away, He-Man consorts with Man-at-Arms. Will you be able to track them? Well, yeah, in the beginning, but Hodak saved them to Etheria. I won't know where they are. Well, the first thing we have to do is find them. Right, let's check with Peekaboo. Maybe her multivision can help find the children. He-Man and She-Ra seek counsel from the omniscient... Omniscient? Omniscient <laughs> Peekaboo. <laughs> if anyone can help, it's her. We know the children are in the Fright Zone, but we don't know where. I'll try to help. I see them. They've been captured by the monstroids. I knew we'd have trouble with them. Yes. 
But the little robot people have gone to rescue the children. <laughs> little robot people? You mean the machines? Exactly. And they'll need help. The monstroids are very powerful. Don't worry, Pika Blue. We'll cut them down to size. Let's go, sis. Yeah. With the children as well as himself now captured, Orko feels responsible. In the prison of the monstroids, he laments. What a pretty mess. And it's all my fault. Oh, no, it isn't, Orko. You were trying to help us. Well, I didn't do a very good job. Hello. Hello. From outside the cell window calls a voice. Uh, who is that? My name's Cutter. What's yours? I'm Orko, and this is Alicia and Miguel. He's Spanish-speaking. But how did you know we were here? We're the machines. The monstroids are our enemies. Come on, let's get you out of here before I answer your question. But but how? The windows got the bars. They don't call me Cutter for nothing. Watch! Oh, well, your hand is just turned into a buzzsaw and he's cutting through the bars. Climb out! My cousin's waiting. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> Cutter's also Orko? I, mean, no, I know, but that wasn't Orko. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> With a high-pitched buzzing sound, a strange scooter-shaped boy tears... Are you throwing up in my... <laughs> <laughs> tears around the corner of the prison. Wow, he's fast! They don't call me Zipper for nothing. Here we go. With the children and Orko in tow, Zipper takes off, speeding away from the monstroids. Don't worry, he can't keep up with me. Watch this. Grab them. Alas, Zipper's great speed is no match for the sheer numbers of the monsters. Oh, as they soon find themselves surrounded. <laughs> I think we got a problem. Put them back in the cells and the machines with them. Just then, He-Man arrives. You're pretty good at giving orders, Metal Mouth. Now let's see how good you are at taking them. Move away from my friends. Seize him. Keep your claws to yourself. With a mighty grasp, He-Man ties the monstroid's great arms together. Sorry to get you all tied up. The human creature is alive. Teach him a lesson. At the call of their leader, the monstroids swarm He-Man. I think you need a lesson adding, Iron Head. What works for my sister works for me. With his twin sister, She-Ra, now present the monstroids stand, no chance. Orko, find a safe spot for the children. As the children and Orko search for a place to hide, they meet a new friend while being watched from above. Oh, look, a machine puppy. He's so cute. Ah, there they are. Horde crime will reward me richly if I deliver these to Earth children. Got you at last, you troublesome tots. Let, let them go. 
Skeletor flies off astride his hovering transport, leaving behind Orko, who runs off <clears throat> seeking help. Hey, man, Shira! Oh my goodness, Skeletor's taking the kids! We'll see about that! Ha-ha! I've done it! I've captured the two Earthlings! Now nothing can stop me from delivering them to hard crime! Don't be so sure about that bonehead! What? It's Hordak! Drat him! What? He wants the reward himself! We'll see... I'll take care, I'll soon take care of him. (laughs) With a blast from his ruinous staff, Skeletor blasts Hordak's ship. Stop! Now that skull-faced scoundrel has damaged my ship. Now I'll have to take turn back. But first, I'll make sure he doesn't go anywhere. Hordak returns fire, striking Skeletor's flying machine. No! We're going down! I'll get you for that, Hordak! With his transport going down, Skeletor is forced to make an emergency landing. Well, we have to crash in the snow! Drat that, Hordak! He'll be back with reinforcements! Well, we won't be here! Now get moving, you two! We have a long walk ahead of us! I I, I don't think think we can go move... It's awfully c- 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 cold. I said move it. Please, mister. Be nice. It's Christmas time. Christmas time? What's that? It's, it's a season of love and joy. And caring. Bah! Is that what Christmas is? No wonder horde crime wants to get rid of it. A season of love? Joy? Ah! What a disgusting idea. Well, there's no Christmas spirit here. Now get moving before Hordak comes back. Uh, I'm sorry, mister. But he's, he's so cold. So you're cold. Ah, blast it. <laughs> With the flourish of his staff, Skeletor conjoy- conjures... Not conjoins. Skeletor conjures two down jackets for the children. This went so much better without all the beer. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm warm again. Thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You're very kind, even though we never got interested in you properly. Kind? Never use that word around me or improvise. Now get moving. (laughs) Wait, we have to go back and get relay. No, leave him. But but he'll freeze. We have to. I said, leave him. As the machine pup shivers in the snow crying, Skeletor pauses and turns back. Oh, blast it. I don't know what's come over me. But whatever it is, I don't like it. Oh, stop licking my face, you dreaded dog. Get away from me. It was nice of you to save Relay, Mr. Skeletor. I'm not nice. You want me to hold him? No, no, no. We'll go faster if I carry him. Now tell me more about this... this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no. They have they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. Well, if you give each other presents... And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're like really nice gifts. Nice. Don't 
Doesn't sound like much fun to me. Down from the sky swoops He-Man, She-Ra, and Orko. Let them go, Boneface. He-Man, She-Ra, Rat. We'll take those children. No, I'll take those children. I know. You're the narrator. <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> Hordak appears with the promised reinforcements, all astride their mighty flying jets. Skis. Hordak! Double drat! That's right, Skeletor. I feared you show up here. When you two are finished, we'll take the children. Now hand them over. Horcrime's gonna know who number one is. They're mine, Hordak. Now I'll take those goody goods. Not if I can help it, Hordak. Better get back, children. Oko, go with them. Right. You're not delivering them to Horde Crime. Forget it, he man. Those little fools are delivering themselves. Unbeknownst to the children, as they run from the perilous battle, they run right towards the nearby ship belonging to. Horde crime! <laughs> what is that? It's horde crime! Come on, Shira, we must stop him. We're on our way. Let's get the children. Too late, Shira. Horde crime's got them. <laughs> As a large arm descends from horde crime's ship, poised to grab Miguel and Elisha. What? I don't know what's happening to me. But I must save the children. What? Look out. Skeletor's hit my engines. Horde Crime ship is going down. Let's go, Shira. I think Horde Crime is going to be very angry with me. You have made me very angry, Skeletor. Very angry indeed. Quickly, He-Man. Let's get this troublemaker back to where he came from. You're right. You... Right you are, Shira. Ready? Heave! With their combined might, He-Man and Shira throw Horde Crime's ship back into space. No! Blast! 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 There! That will take care of Horde Crime for a while. Oh, Mr. Skeletor, Skeletor thank you so Skeletor, much. You're the best, Mr. Awesome. Skeletor. You I love you. He saved you? Yes. I guess I did. I wish I knew why. Oh, I don't think I feel well. Well, I think you're feeling the Christmas spirit, Skeletor. It makes you feel good. Well, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Well, don't worry, Skeletor. Christmas only comes once a year. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) With Miguel and Alicia now safe, at last, the party can begin back on Eterna. It's too bad you can't stay for the party, but I'm sure your parents miss you. (laughs) Back to Miguel. (laughs) Miguel. (laughs) I'm laughing. I mean, Miguel's laughing. We miss him, too. <laughs> but the matter of time says we can be home soon. That's right, Miguel. You'll be home right by the time you hang your stocking. <laughs> Ready to go? Wait, wait, wait. Shira, will you make sure Relay gets back to those machines? Of course, Alicia. 
Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Skeletor. Merry Christmas, Amen. And everybody else. I love you so much. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. You're the best, too. And with a press of a button and a pull of a switch, Man at Arms sends the Earth children home. So that's how Christmas first came to Eternia. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, but the spirit of the season is within us all. It's a season of love, joy, and caring. And presents. Presents are nice, too, Arco. But Christmas means much more. I know, He-Man. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. That's right, Orko. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Presents. Oh, Orko. <laughs> <laughs> that one was intentional. <laughs> that one was intentional. <laughs> that Orko. Oh, oh, man. After all these years, that's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> Actual laughing. We came in not really. Uh, uh, Chris, you're such a good guy. Weisenheimer. Aww. So I think we were kind of painted ourselves in a corner after that great one. Uh, Producer Scott really helped us out with sound effects and the, everything. The overproducing mm-hmm. of that episode. Oh, so good. And It, uh, it, it lent itself well to everything we did, though. And uh, almost underproducing with our follow-up bagged and board game holiday spectacular where Paul jingled bells at one scene. Yeah, and that's about it. Made a door creaking noise. (laughs) And there's some other noises in there. Yep. Yeah, this is much more the low rent Christmas (laughs) special. But I make a... uh, But we all do an awesome job, I think. Uh, Robot... Uh, Simon is great in it. That's you. <laughs> I know. If you you catch the running theme of me uh, saying I am great in all of these, <laughs> because that's what I do. Because nobody else will say it. <laughs> uh, this one was written in uh, four hours by uh, Paul and myself. Okay, and we do we do need to preface this off. Uh, this was really done out of the fact that. Uh, Battleship. They were making a battleship movie, so we all had to pitch what we would want to be a movie. And Paul picked Simon because no, 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 I picked Don't Wake Daddy. Oh, you picked Don't Wake Daddy, which lends itself. There's storytelling already there. There's drama. Are they going to wake Daddy? Are they not going to wake Daddy? What happens when Daddy wakes up? See, all questions that need to be answered. Who is okay, Daddy? So John picks Simon. I pick Simon, and my pitch was Simon comes to life with the Christmas spirit, and a small boy and the Simon save Christmas from the evil sheriff. Mm. And because I wanted to go ridiculous, I went with hungry, hungry hippos. But you had a great pitch where uh, it was a coalition of animal lieutenants. Yes, and they also known they as Cole. Mm-hmm. See what I did there, and um, they worked for Hitler. And that was the springboard that we needed to have this thing written. <laughs> and, so you're welcome, Internet. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, Chris, I think since this is really your 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 brain baby, uh, you want to lead us into it? I will, I will set us up. I'll set the table. Oh, thank you. So without any further ado, we're proud to present a bagged and board game Christmas special. You see, boys and girls, 
It wasn't that long ago where Christmas was in trouble. And two young boys were being driven to their dad's house for the very first time to spend Christmas at a new strange house. And unfortunately, they didn't know what was going to happen. And this is their story. I know you boys must be nervous. Since you've never met your father before, sorry it took so long to track him down. He just got back from Brazil. He's not accustomed to these winners yet, so Joey, you must... You, so Joey, you being the oldest, might have to look out for your younger brother Ramon during these cold days. Oh, I can handle myself, old man. I'm eight years old and tough enough to take whatever this boy from Brazil can throw at me. Ramon, Ramon, calm down. You're already excited with Christmas being so close already. Oh, 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 boys. Both of you need to calm down with the things going on as they are. Who's to say there will be a Christmas this year? What? I may be getting ahead of myself. But we always need to be on the lookout for people who might be on Santa's naughty list. Oh, oh, oh man, why are we stopping here? This place looks scary. <laughs> Number nine, Bunker Drive. It might not be Bobby's dream house, but it might just be this place where... We'll learn, we'll learn what family's all about. Let's get you boys inside and meet your daddy. Now you run up to the door. I'll be back to check up on how you're doing in two weeks. Christmas Eve. Now the boys were really afraid and anxious to meet their new dad. So they walked slowly up to the door uneasy to meet their father. Luckily, they settled in just fine, and two weeks later, on Christmas Eve... Good morning, sir! I'm here to see how the family is doing. Yeah, yeah, come in, come in. They're upstairs, always upstairs, like they are hiding. Boys, boys, downstairs now. Schnell, schnell! It's okay. I'll go up to see them. Boys! Boys! Don't go in there, Mr. Winters. That goes to the attic. Well, there's nothing wrong with the attic, Joey. Just a bunch of old garbage. If you want to see our room, old man, it's right down the hall next to our dads. Ho, 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 ho. Some of these boards are mighty squeaky, boys. Especially right in front of your daddy's room. Might want him to take a look at these. <laughs> How are you liking the new place? Oh, it doesn't suck. We play a lot of hide and seek. I found the perfect spot right above my dad's office. Ramon, you know you shouldn't be going near dad's office with him so busy working on that big project. Big project? <laughs> at the zoo during the winter? Oh, yeah, old man winters. It has something to do with heating the place, since he keeps talking about coal and the animals like hippos and stuff. Hippos? I hear they eat a lot. Because <laughs> they're hungry. 
it seems that you are settling in quite well, boys. I'll just need to talk to your father right quick, and I'll be on my way. I know you two are good boys, but take my card if you ever need any help or see any trouble. You give me a jingle. Have a Merry Christmas! <laughs> Now that old postbook is gone, we can get back to our game. Okay, it's your turn to count. I'll hide. Meanwhile, downstairs. Yeah, yeah, Miss Alvitas, what is it? How are you coping with the boys? I hear you're working on a big project. Something to do with coal? What do you know about coal? Other than it's what naughty boys get for Christmas not too much. But I do know you have two very good boys living here this year. I hope you have something planned for their first Christmas. Plans? Yes. Oh, yeah. I have a plan. Are you planning on showering them with presents? Bring! 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 I hope you can find your own way out. This is a very important call. I mean call. <laughs> Well, have a Merry Christmas. Meanwhile, upstairs... Ninety-nine, one hundred. That bug of breath is stealing my hiding spot. Hey, Turtle Licker, you were supposed to be hiding. What are you doing outside Dad's office door? Shh, quiet. I think something's going on in there. Listen. The boys press their ears firmly against the door. Then all the plans are set with the Coalition of Animal Lieutenants, or Cole for short. All those presents will be mine! Did you hear that, Ramon? Dad's going to steal all the Christmas presents! Oh, we can't let that greasy-haired half-mustache punk do that. What will Mom say? I guess you're right, but what are we going to do? Shh, quiet. I think Dad's coming back. Creak! Boys, I have told you not to linger around my office. Now get cleaned up for dinner. I want you eating quickly, then off to bed. We are going to have an early morning. A very early morning. Christmas, 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 Christmas. Musical interlude. Now, boys, I do not want to hear a peep from you. It is bedtime. I must be off to bed, too. I have big plans for the morning. Not a peep! The boys shuffle off to their room, knowing full well they won't get a wink of sleep tonight. Ramon, what are we going to do? You heard what Dad said. We should be getting ready for bed. Oh, not so that, Joy. Put your galoshes on. We're saving Christmas. What are you doing, Ramon? Oh, just getting some supplies. Jump rope, yo-yo, slingshot, marbles. Grab your calculator, Joy. We got work to do. Remember what old man Winter said. These boards are mighty squeaky. These boards are mighty squeaky. Oh, no dialogue for brains. So just step quietly. Don't wake daddy. Titular line. Titular line. Tip-toe. 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 Squeak. My God, what was that, Ava? Ramon, quickly! We have to hide in the attic! Oh, great plan, Boneface. How are we going to get out of this house now? Use your brain, Ramon! We, the fire escape is right out that window! As the boys quietly crept to the window, a beeping and booping started. 
with a ghostly startle. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep. What was that? You stupid inhaler, Joey? My inhaler? It's coming from this box. How does that make any sense? Well, shut it up, Joey. Joey pushes aside a few boxes and finds a circular, flashing toy laying on the floor. Picking it up and switching the power to off, he says, Ramon, it's a Simon. Actually, I prefer to be called Anne. As the game floats out of Joey's hands, the boys are shocked. But Ramon remains unimpressed. Oh, nice drink, Joey, you far sniffer. Ramon, watch your language. Hey, this isn't a bad-sized attic. See, Ramon, I'm not doing it. The game came to life. That's right, I am alive. I came back to help you boys stop your father. He is planning something terrible. I was told by a friend you will be needing my help. The first place we need to go is the zoo to stop your father's lieutenants. The zoo? How are we going to get there? I'll be frank with you, boys. All we need to do is go down the fire escape and run to the end of your street. I believe once we get there, it will all work out. Right, Joey? Is someone in the attic? Whip out the window! Slow down, Ramon! I can't run as fast as you! Oh, my asthma! Yeah, this Ray will make it out before tomorrow. Hey, a phone! I know what to do! I'll call a friend for help! As long as it's not that old chimney breath, old man winners! That was fast! Oh, not this clown fucker again! Boys, what are you doing out here? Playing with a salmon? I'm glad you showed up. We need all the help we can get. Dang, Nabbit! Then my fears were true. That rascal is up to no good after all. Boys, we better get down to the police department and warn the authorities. Whoa, we ain't got time for that spinach, Jake. We have to get to the zoo and stop coal. You mean the coalition of animal lieutenants? Well, we better hightail it then. As our heroes are driving down the road, they notice flashing lights and a roadblock up ahead. Oh, why are we slowing down, old man dickfucker? <laughs> There seems to be a police checkpoint up the road. You boys sneak out and get to the zoo as quick as you can. I'll catch up with you later. You mean we'll be on our own? Oh, stick a sock in it, shrimp flaps. Grab a blind beatbox and let's roll. The boys with Simon in hand notice only one obstacle barring their entrance into the zoo. An eight-foot-tall cement wall. Oh, I can handle this. I've got my jump rope right here. Oof, oof. <laughs> this wall was tough. What do you mean, Ramon? Look at me. I'm flying up the wall. Oh, that's no fair. You're just riding on that stupid Simon game you found. Don't worry, Ramon. After I have Joey safely over the wall, 
I'll come back and help you too, my son. Oh, I don't need help from some stupid talking flying Roomba. Sally forth. Mm. Made it. Joel, where are we? I don't know. Let me see. I'll just take a quick whiff of this dirt. Hmm. Smells like hippos to me. Way to go, snail trail. So we're at the hippo sanctuary. Where are all the hippos? Look, somebody pried this gate open. We can follow the hippos' footprints. I fear it might be too late, boys. It looks like only the hippos have escaped from their zoo. No, not escaped. Set free and put upon their mission. I have set them free to fulfill their mission. What, what mission? mission? To eat. To eat all the presents. For they are very hungry, hungry hippos. So we meet again. Joybles, you lying, sad sack, excuse of a man. Oh, why, Anne, I have never seen you so flashy <laughs> and so thin. Oh, Joel, we gotta stop him. We can't let him get away with this. I can't let that happen either. Prepare to have your hind quarters meet my boot. You mean Das boot? Take this! Oh, that hurts! And that! Oh, and one of these! Oh! I can see you have beaten me. You big, strong American boys are just too much for me. Well, use my yo-yo to tie this pants and limp dick roof sucker up, snowshoes. Oh, not too tight. Oh, the string. Oh, it hurts. It hurts so good. We should feed him to the lions. And I think he is so rotten. So rotten that he'll give those lions a tummy ache. Oh, this chicken fucker makes the worst jokes. He's so rotten. He's so rotten, gerbils would give the lions diarrhea, dysentery, and then typhoid. Yeah, uh, whatever, kid. Uh, let's find them hippos. I believe I caught a gander of them heading across that police roadblock and then up that there mountain. Oh, look, up the mountain. There are the hippos. And there are all the presents. That is right, mine children. But why? I can tell you why. Yes, tell us Santa Claus. Old man, man, we are Santa Santa Claus. With a blinding flash of light and the quick cry of the wind, it is revealed that Old Man Winters was actually Santa Claus. That is true. I am the Santa Claus. And it is also true that your father was the worst child imaginable and only received coal on Christmas. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, Hitler? What? Daddy's Hitler? That's right. With a whinny of the horse and a crack of thunder, it is revealed that the darkness that laid behind Daddy was actually the dark truth that he was indeed Hitler.
That is right. But you're too late. And I am furious. Hippos, eat those presents. I don't want to stop them. I'll use my noodles and slingshot my marbles. That's right. Everybody knows the hippos love marbles more than anything else in the whole world. Joey, plug me in to the hippo hypnosis machine over there and help me break Hitler's animal magnetism control. Hitler, I'm coming at you. I'm coming at you with nine reindeer pulling this sleigh. Nine? Nine? You must mean seven. For everyone knows Hitler controls lightning and thunder, or as you call them, Donner und Blitzen. With a sudden stop of Donner and Blitzen, Santa is thrown from his sleigh. Hurry, Joey. Hitler is coming this way. Step away from your mother. And he's been far too long. I'll be frank. It'll never be long enough. Oh, my mom is a shitty game from the 80s. Oh, oh, Anne, I get it. Be frank. Anne Frank. Oh, Anne, I have always loved your fits. Hey, Dolph, congrats. You're not getting cold this Christmas. No! This Christmas, you're getting a muckle sandwich. I... Always knew Hitler had a glass jaw. Oh, Joy, hurry up and stop them hippos. I'm on it, with a little help from our mom. Blue, red, yellow, blue, red. We're hacking the control of animal lieutenant's machine. Red, green, green, red, and done. Oh, look at those fat tub of Michael shit lots. I headed back to the zoo. <laughs> well, look at that. Donner and Blitzen are back to their normal selves. And there's still time. Time for me to deliver all these presents. If I had some help, boys. Oh, yay! I think you boys should help save Christmas. After all, you did Miss Hanukkah. Climb up on the sleigh, boys. These presents won't deliver themselves. I'm Dasher, I'm Dancer, I'm Prancer and Vixen, I'm Comet, I'm Cupid, Donner and Blitzen, oh yes, and you too, Rudolph. I don't know what that That was his nose. No. It's a nose sound effect. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a bored night. And I still don't get the is Rudolph's nose. What? It sounds like a sad trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, you do a sound effect. I don't think you need to do a sound effect. You, you, we came We're out, an audio podcast. <laughs> we need sound well, we effects. Don't need, like, like, all of a sudden it just goes... And it's like, I, that wasn't scripted. That was totally just added in. Yeah, just like all the other sound effects that you mentioned before the, that uh, thing happened. The door Yeah, but creak. it's like, don't step on that piece of wood. It's going to make a creak. Creak? Nowhere does it call for any need to go. Murp, murp. For, you called out Rudolph. It, Rudolph deserves his own sound effect, if I've learned anything from. Murp, murp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
It works. It, it works. It totally works. I, I broke that wall by going, I don't know what that means in the show, but yeah, it works. Hey, we, we can try to convince ourselves that worked, or we can look at our next one, which, which fired on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. Uh, John, uh, in this one, you've proved that you are the first to break character and also the quickest. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. I think so. I think uh, this one, you it's either this one or the next one where you, you break character at least three times. Really? And, and in fact, new drinking game, listeners. Huh. <laughs> drink when we break character. Drink when he, he breaks character. And in fact, or, or take a drink every time we uh, mess up on what accent or voice. <laughs> <laughs> because that will happen a lot. Because uh, this is where we try to go an all-star cast. <laughs> yep. Because... Uh, we call out the big guns. Call the big guns. We, we, Dan DeDio. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage. Yes. Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. Stan Lee. Oh, Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. <laughs> Scrooge. Tiny Tim. Just... We go all out. Abigail Scrooge. Fairweather. We go. Mom. <laughs> we we go snowballs out on this one. Uh, this is uh, the Bagnum Board cast Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Uh, I think probably our our the best one we've done. Oh wow! Wow. I think it, it, for a comic book podcast, putting all those comic book references references into this, uh, probably the best done one. Yeah, yeah. I I will. I would agree. It goes a little raunchy and a little blue, but uh, not as much as our next one. So, <laughs> so John, you wanna? You want to introduce this one? Well, Paul basically already did. This is Paul's baby. No, this was okay. Well, this was written in six days, and I hope you can't tell. This is the Bagged and Boardcast presents a Bagged and Boardcast Christmas Carol. And as we discussed, it's time for our annual Christmas special. Bagged and Boardcast presents to you a Bagged and Board Carol. Chapter 1. Lion. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatsoever about that. Not dead in the respect of a Superman or a life model decoy. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail, which came to a shock to many who walked through the doors of S&M Comics. That partial namesake Marley, while no longer present, somehow lingered. It wasn't to honor the long dead. It was more the fact that Scrooge didn't wish to pay to have the sign changed, and S. Comics just didn't have the same kind of ring to it. While the name Marley hung around the shop long after his passing, the warmth he brought to the store cooled faster than Marley's own body. Scrooge brought no warmth and only a wintry weather chill with him as he entered and left the store each day. The door to Scrooge's back-issue room was always open that he might keep an eye upon his part-time employee, Nick, who in a dismal little cell beyond was alphabetizing long boxes. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Uncle Scrooge. It's your nephew, Dan DiDio, and, uh, Happy Free Comic Book Day. And, uh, there's Green Lanterns and, uh, Red Lanterns. It's all very Christmassy. Ah, Free Comic Book Day indeed. Humbug. I'm pretty sure you don't mean that, 
Christmas and free comic book day, bringing customers and uh, the magic of the storytelling. Why should we give these away when we can sell them? They don't know anything about collecting. They don't know the smell of fresh mylar and backboarding. The man that can tell me the issue where Nightcrawler starts wielding a sword. Then they can have the right to buy this book. Bah! Every nincompoop that utters Merry Christmas should have their back broken or be raped on a space station. Hey, uh, don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. We'll be watching the best of the X-Men film franchise. You know, X3 and the first class for, uh, the holiday. But I gotta go. There's a Mets game. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Uncle. As his nephew left the room without an angry word, he stops at the outer door to bestow the greeting of the season on the clerk, who returned them cordially. Hey, uh, Nick Gage, hope you have the merriest of Christmas seasons that has ever been seasoned. Oh, uh, thanks, man. There's another loser. My seasonal help. With $15 in store credit a week, reading his comic books and talking about a Merry Christmas. This keeps up all a retire to Arkham. As Scrooge's nephew Dan left, two other people entered. They were portly gentlemen, pleasant to behold, and now stood in Scrooge's shop. They had pamphlets and flyers in their hand and bowed to him. Scrooge and Marley, we believe. Are we talking to Mr. Scrooge, or is it Marley? <laughs> Mr. Marley has died seven years ago. He died seven years ago this very night. Then you must be Scrooge. <laughs> We're collecting comic books. Yeah, for the children's hospital. Do you have any? Yeah, have any? <laughs> Are there no health pamphlets to read? In no. the hospital? <laughs> no! <laughs> then they have plenty to read! Good afternoon, gentlemen! Seeing clearly that it would be useless to pursue their point, the gentleman withdrew. Scrooge return- resumed his labors with an improved opinion upon himself, and in a more facetious temper than was usual with him. At length, the hour of Shutting up the comic shop arrived. With an ill will, Scrooge dismounted from his stood and tacitly omitted the fact to the expectant, lonesome man in the back-issue room, who instantly turned off the light and put on his hat. I suppose you'll want tomorrow off. Diamond isn't even shipping comics. It's Christmas! But there are still comics to alphabetize. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier tomorrow morning. Scrooge wasted no time getting home, for there was still daylight to be had and slabbed comics to lavish over in the posh basement belonging to his mother. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner of chicken nuggets and Cheetos in his usual melancholy manner over a lukewarm, unlimed corona, pouring over Mantis, a highly underrated and appreciated TV show, fan fiction, as he delved further into the adventures of Dr. Miles Hawkins. He no longer imagined the graphite Adonis filling the exoskeleton 
but instead his former partner, Marley. What happened next must have been a dream, for without pause the door to his personal helm's deep was thrust open, followed by a strange smoke. Suddenly Scrooge wanted more Cheetos. Mom, I told you not to come down here. No, man, don't worry on nothing. I know him, Marley's ghost, the same face, the very same. Though transparent, Scrooge could still make out the form of a Rasta lion amidst a sea of black, red, and green. Marley's unkept dreadlocks wrapped around him, binding his arms to his chest, dragging behind him long locks of hair tangled amidst them, promotional green lanard rings and buttons adorned with the phrase, Who watches the watch? How now? What do you want with me? Oh, we got much to discuss, my brother. No doubt about it. Who are you? In life, I was your partner. Co-owner of S&M Comics, Bob Marley. You don't believe in me? I don't. Anything can affect the memory. A breath of fear toxin from the scarecrow. A brush with a Mad Hatter's haberdashery. Bah! I've come to you tonight, man, on the anniversary of my death because you have lost what it means to be a comic book fan. Man of the worldly mind. I wear the chains I forged in life, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It was full as heavy and as long as this seven Christmases ago. You made your own kryptonite, man, and it will be your undoing. And because of this, you will be haunted by three spirits. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect that for soon. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over with Bob? No, man. You deal with this shit as it happens. Now I got to go. Kirby is sparking up that good shit right now. With another wave of smoke rushing into the room, Scrooge once again felt the need for Cheetos, <coughs> as he realized he had not dreamt the night's occurrence. This had happened. Chapter 2. The Man When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that the flickering light from the television blinded him more than radioactive material to the eyes. As he wrestled with the low light to find his remote, he came to a startling conclusion. What the hell? The TV isn't even on! What the hell? As Scrooge's eyes began to adjust, they were met by a familiar face. Hey there, true believer! Can you believe it's that time of year again, where Mary marchers mingle in stores perusing purchases and carelessly cross cantankerous clerks? The man? Are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? You betcha! I'm that grim-grinning ghost who's here now to show you about Christmas past. Like Golden Age past? Not that far. We're looking at your past, kiddo. Let's go for a walk. With that, the ghost reaches through the TV, pulling Scrooge through the screen. And together, they start to walk down a rainbow road. Hey, you know I invented the word Yolner? Uh-huh. I'm also bad with names. So I gave all my characters first and last names that start with the same letter. Uh-huh. And then I thought, hey, why can't a teenager be a superhero? They're always the sidekick. Uh-huh. As Scrooge and the ghost made their way down the rainbow road up to Asgard, the jovial ghost takes pause and motions to a young boy off the road in a distance. Take a look at that rotund child down there. Doesn't he look happy? He just got his first comic book. The Felcher and Snail Trail number 543. That's me. That was the first comic book I ever got. I loved it. 
I read it over and over again until I was able to get more. And that you did. You amassed such a collection, it rivaled the amount of books that I wrote. It filled your heart and left your room with nothing else except for one thing. As Scrooge and the ghost continued down the rainbow path, the man stopped once more to point into the distance. There you are again, with your special lady friend, Sue Storm. You mean Abigail Fairweather? That's the broad. I'm all so bad with names, so I gave all my characters first and last names that start with the same letter. Ah, looks like you're about to give her something. Right as the words left the ghost's mouth, Past Scrooge presented fair Abigail with a gift. Oh, my stars and garters, whatever could it be. I hope you cherish this as much as I cherish you. Oh, thank you, sugar. Oh, it's one of your comic books. Yeah, it's Felcher and Snail Trail, number 543, The Curse of the Snowball. It's pretty much the best comic book ever written, better than anything by that hack Stan Lee. What? Okay, now I don't feel so bad about this next one. Come on, guy. Oof! In a huff, Stan pulls Scrooge further down the rainbow road to the next memory of Christmas past. Look here. Looks like it's been a year since the last Christmas, and you're once again getting ready to exchange presents with your sweetheart, Betty Brant. Please, Spirit, not this Christmas. Anything but this Christmas. Why, I do declare, I don't know if you like the present, but I know you love the wrapping. Did you? Is that... Did you cupped up issue 543 of the infamous Felcher and Snail Trail for rapping? Are you dense? Are you... Retarded. This is the goddamn Felcher and Snail Trail. Oh! And with the fury of a thousand burning suns, Scrooge threw the comic to the ground. Are you the ghost of Christmas past or a spirit of vengeance? Take me from this place, ghost. Now, now, now. These are merely shadows of things that have happened. That they are what they are, don't blame me. With a frightful fury of fists, Scrooge attacked the specter of Stan Lee, only to discover that his fists contact nothing but pillows. What? My room? But what was all... Excelsior! Chapter 3. Fucking Tilt. As Scrooge concedes defeat to the pillow... In his mother's basement, he sees a strange light coming from the stairs. Mom, what did I tell you? Don't bother me. I'm tripping balls down here. I'm not your mother, even though I have given birth to countless creations. Or I have those creations given birth to me. I can't even tell. I'm tripping so many balls right now. I'm all hopped up on cheese balls. Where the fuck were? Holy crap, it's Captain Picard! Nah, just wait. And with that, Grant Morrison... Wait, hold on. I'll pull out my script. Tut, tut, Nardison, Grant Morrison, Hunters, all that shit. Ah, here I am. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. Hey, you're Scrooge. I say what? What the f... What a fucking hack. Dickens must have been mainline and Jankum. Alright, here it is. I'm Grant Morrison. I'm the next fucking ghost. And here we go. Let's go see some shit. It's happening tomorrow. But it's happening now because of a... Time is just a bunch of balls and doesn't exist. Now take this, you'll need it later. What's this? Morrison hands. It's just tilt. We're tearing the door off the frame later, and I can't have you unprepared. All right, here we go. And with that, the two of us start to walk through me on air. Bloody freaking weird place it is. 
But oh, after a quick walk, here we are at the first scene for the Christmas present part of the podcast. Ah, uh, and look, Sahami or Clark. Nick Cage's house? I thought he lived in a box behind the store. That's only when he's getting into character. Which character? Uh, all of them. <sighs> look at the neckline on that costume. It's so high. This new trailer for Man of Steel is shit. When I was Superman, it plunged to the depths of hell. Just like when I was the Ghost Rider. What is he doing? Why is he naked? He's lamenting. Movie roles have past, present, and some that had no future. Ghost Riders sold so many more tickets than Tyler Perry's All My Daughters. Ugh! They say I can't show emotion. Uh, Wicker Man? I went from scared to intense to bees! Why did you bring me here, spirit? Hold on. Hold. Is he... Is he stretching? I don't have reins. I went from balling that chick to having a gunfight to driving angry. Is he masturbating? Yes, but it's out of fear. Out of fear? I'm being visited by ghosts. I'm not masturbating. Nobody should be afraid on Christmas. And I just brought you here for a piece. You brought me here for no reason? Hey, watch out. You're going to trip on... Oh, I tripped on a present. A present for me? That's right. Even the shite Academy Award when an actor understands the spirit of Christmas. Well, not me. I mean, I am a spirit of Christmas, but I'm not the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christmas is actually love, plus caring multiplied by peacefulness raised to the power of joy and sharing. And it's greater than or equal to happiness of your heart. I love the human sheer Christmas special. The shit, is that where I got that from? Hey, Nick Cage, I let myself in. Hope you don't mind. I can see your dang. Okay, kind of proud of that. Oh, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas. I love that. Look forward to the He-Man by James Robinson. Uh, It should be on the shelves now. But Nick, I brought you a beer for the holidays. So here, let's have a sample of that. Ah, shite, I'm going to get in on this. All right, guys, it's time for the... uh. The beer of our portion of this thing. Uh, we already discussed. It's, uh, what are we doing again? It is, uh, I brought you a great hey, beer. hold on, my I'll talk about this one. I think this is the Monster Isle from Brooklyn. Uh, this is our 2012 version. It's, uh, it should be heavy. It's a barley wine. It's a wine made from barley. I don't really All get right, it. shut up here. You know, it's not that too intense. Uh, it's got a good flavor for a barley wine. There's nothing to this. It's like my role in Moonlighting. I think there's a sweetness, much like you can get when you read The Catwoman. But you definitely know it's going to hit you maybe later. Very low on the carbonation. It's, it needs a little bit more pop, like my movie, National Treasure. <laughs> um, he's just doing That's a fucking great movie! He's just doing you that. You shot it, Grant Morrison. Because he says it, and then he stares right at me. Oh. Uh, we had this earlier on the show, and uh, I think it was a lot better then. I think, maybe, because it got uh, warm, and now the bubbles have escaped. Much like plot lines have escaped us when we went to the New 52. I've been a big fan of it, Dan. Well, thank you very much. I, I, sold, my, I sold my action comics for you guys. I'm kind of sick of it, so that's why, that's I'm, why I'm, I'm going to be leaving. I'm working on it right now at the store. I'm going to get them. Grant Morrison's doing a bang-up job. I don't know what he's doing with that book, but it's great. I haven't, I haven't been writing those books for years. But you have been. Your name is on it. Nah, that's another nice different thing. I haven't been doing that forever. I stopped that for Batman. 
Get it, Dan. He's a ghost. Oh, right. <laughs> I totally forgot. I'm going to drink this beer. Why? What? Why can't I have any? These are merely shadows. And I have fucking clouts, so no. Now drink your fucking tilt. And as you finish with a swig... I'm the Felcher! Suck it, Snowball! Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that my son? Oh, did I just throw up because of space-time continuum? Was that your son? Nah, you never slept with her. And you tossed it because of the tilt, you fucking amateur. Oh, come here, my little Felcher. <laughs> that's my only weakness, man! This kid doesn't know shit about the Felcher. I don't think anyone does. That comic book's a fucking joke. Aren't you tired of playing that yet? No! The, the Felcher's a man superhero, Bob! He sucks up crime, crime like a vacuum of justice! <gasps> Why would he know this? He might not be your kid, but he received your Christmas present. Eh? See what I did there? Because I'm a Christmas... I'm Christmas present, and this kid received that issue of... Of Felcher and Snailchow from Christmas years ago. Number 543? The one that she destroyed? Aye. The one she might have cut up a bit to use as wrapping for a signed copy. For you. The year you had your little hasty fit. Now don't you feel like a right prick. Now finish your fucking tilt. And with that, Grant Morrison ascends to the narrator. As Scrooge downs the rest of his lifeblood of the fifth dimension, seen by the fourth dimension of space. You'd call it tilt. Now, what the fuck is happening? Alright, yes. I start to fade out and shite. And then that ghost of future present comes in. Okay, but you won't actually see me because I won't be here. But the listeners will hear me because I'm the narrator now. You should have called all that bit. So I fade. That was me fading. Smoke rolls in, and there's a general feeling of dread washing over the Scrooge. What is this feeling of dread that has washed over me? See, narrator. A dark figure materializes in the room. You're the last one, aren't you? I'm exhausted. I was exhausted. Let's go, then. As the dank basement fills heaven suddenly from around Scrooge and the horrendous spirit wrapped in black... They appear outside a dilapidated and abandoned ACNM comics. This isn't my shop spirit. This place is closing. Surely this is a different SNM comics. Look, there's no books in it at all. What's he doing here? Uh, thanks everyone for coming. I never expected such a large turnout. He's motioning into like four people outside the star. And as you've no doubt heard, in the wake of a business shakeup, We've decided to make S&M Comics the first of what we hope to be many all-digital comic book shops. Did this idiot turn it into an internet cafe? I know what you're thinking. Did this idiot turn it into an into a internet cafe? Well, it's not. There's going to be uh, statues and figurines and all the sinker you can drink. It literally costs me nothing. So this place has already started turning a profit. What was this big shake-up? Did Disney finally buy all of the comics? That's right, you said it, Fjallcher. There's good old trusty Nick. He would never let anything like this happen. I will avenge you! What the fuck? He just lit his bloody head on fire. Uh, big thank you 
to Nick Cage for coming out in character as Con Air. No, he's National Treasure. What? He's Snake Eyes. No, he's the face-off. I uh, just want to offer my sincere condolences to the Nick Cage family. Uh, he really is a terrible actor. There's just questionable choices. Oh, Fair Abigail. Surely she wouldn't let me down. Not like that hack Nick Cage. What? Who is she standing with? Ah, this is one of the many me's from throughout the infinite plains of the multiverse. Hey, look. It's a Red Sox me. Hey, good for him. I'm sorry, hon. Looks like you'll never complete your filter collection now. I'm done with that jizzrag, Mom. I only read Grant Morrison comics now. Yeah, smart kid. I know, right? Hey, Red Sox, are you self-aware yet? Oh, almost. I had a run-in with those Mayan deities, so I'm close. Eh, just wait till you meet the aliens. It's wicked. Ghost, this can't be all. Show me what else is out there. Thanks to the pleading of Scrooge, we arrive in our final scene of the future part, which of course is the graveyard. What? Wait, why are we here? We've already seen everyone I know. What's over there? Okay, no need to be a dick about it. Yeah, he was being rather dickish. But this grave has my name on it. And the year. What? I couldn't have died so soon. Tell me, spirit. There must be something to wash away this name. Spear, I gots to know! Stop being a dick. Ah, what? My room? But that means I need to see. Up the stairs! Boy, what day is it? Boy, I'm your mother. There's no time, boy! What day is it? Well, it's Christmas Day. Then I still have time! Boy, to the Batmobile! Don't forget your coat, dear. One stop first. Hello? Why, hello, boy! Uh, sorry, I'm not at the store. I I know I asked for it off, but uh, do you want me to go in still? No, I stopped by to say this, and to say this for you. And Season of the Witch is by far your best movie. And wait until you hear the plans I have. Chapter four: Spirits of the Season. Say, spirits. Here we are, three months later. The store is packed. Sales are up, and he's even getting along with Anna and Nick. I don't fucking owe you 20 quid. Just like Peter Parker, Scrooge has learned that with great power comes great responsibility. And he became a changed man. Oh my goodness, Scrooge. Thank you so much for all those comments for the boy. He does adore that filter. Don't we all? So what are you doing with all this money that you're bringing in now? Oh, do I have plans for that? Oh, shit! It's E-Man! Get him, Ray! Pew, pew, pew! Fucking scatter, mate! It's the fuzz! Good! Now, everyone, get the fuck out of my store! And scene. <laughs> and show. And while that one might have taken six days to uh, write and record, I think we did a little bit less work, but somehow more work on our next one. <laughs> um, I think this was... Oh, go ahead, Grit, sorry. In in the Bag and Board Carol, we make reference to a comic book that Nick Cage was searching for. And this special kind of wrote itself based off of that idea. And this is... It's really just this bad is, joke after bad joke. This is the one that I had the most fun writing. Well, here's the thing, too. I want to say this. 
I think this is the one that we did the most daytime drinking <laughs> because I remember there being mornings where it's like, all right, let's go to Paul's. It's 10 a.m. Let's crack open a beer and write the episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is true. I think we we definitely I spiked some coffee because you can't write. It's obvious that we didn't write this sober. But <laughs> no. well, some people might think we were on drugs when we wrote it. <laughs> Uh, there's the first use of tilt to break dimensions, uh, I think is, is in this episode. No, that was with, Mar- oh, that was the that Carol. Was Grant Morrison. That was with the Carol. Yeah, oh, that was okay. the big Carol. Carol. Oh, jeez. I don't even think we mentioned Oh, are you not paying one. attention as we listen to it? Because <laughs> no, uh, you we know were what? sitting there listening to every one of those. We're I'm sorry, you know, we got, separately. we got this nice... Nice uh, fire going here, and we're listening to these together as friends. And I'm, I'm sorry, I got up to use the bathroom during that time. Uh, well, you missed a good one. I did. All right, so we hope you you all have fun listening to these. Uh, hopefully, while you're getting ready for bed, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't waiting. listen to this before you go to bed. You're gonna have like weird horror sex dreams or something. <laughs> And, Sex dreams. And I'm sorry if you're sitting in a car with someone on like a long trip back home and trying to like get into like the Christmas spirit by listening to these. Um, whoever you're in the car with, just they're a terrible person. Uh, and a special thanks to uh, friend of the show and listener Steve, who uh, came on to do a couple voices for us on this episode. Mm-hmm. He was manly, manly there. And he also inspired uh, the use of guided boner missiles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Chris, uh, take take us home. All right, I'll I'll take you home. I'll tuck you into bed. Even I'm that kind of guy. Thank you. I'll set the table for breakfast in the next morning. But you, hey, you tuck me in. Will, will there be daytime drinking then? <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, without any more delay, the Bang Boardcast is proud to present the fourth of the Holiday Spectacular, a dramatic reading from the Feltron Snail Trail, number 543, The Curse of the Snowball. And now, the Bagden Boardcast presents a dramatic reading from the Feltron Snail Trail, number 543, The Curse of the Snowball. Dearest Diary, it is Christmas Eve. The year, 1938. Adolf has brought the children to his alpine retreat, and even the A.D. done with the best intentions is tainted by his evil. I look to the skies as dark clouds begin to circle around the simple, pure white snowman that he has given form. I must take the children and leave before their innocence is sullied by his dark hands as well. Present day, Assinippi, Massachusetts, the Glasscock Museum of Unnatural History and Sciences. And if you look to your left, you'll see our newest piece, generously donated by our benefactor, town millionaire and philanthropist, Theodore Glasscock, the fabled snowball from Hitler's Alpine Retreat. Now there have long been rumors of a tale, this is all that remains from Hitler's first and only cursed snowman. Everyone knows of the Fuhrer's love of making snow angels, but this is the first evidence of what could have very well been his second favorite winter activity. Did Hitler enjoy making this snowman more than tobogganing? We cannot be too sure. 
But as we continue along, we find the fabled Simon game that saved Christmas just two years ago. There it is, boys. The snowball. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Do you think the rumors are true? Nay, it ain't the rumors. It's the tales we're after, manly, manly. No, Fishhooks. It's the tales of the curse we need. I you daft Dr. Penetrator. You're aiming for the wrong hole, me boy. It's the cursed rumors you're selling for. But guys, it's the tales of rumors cursed that grew. Aye, but have you heard the rumors of the tales? You mean the cursed tales? I thought the rumors were cursed. We should just ask the curator. Ha! Hi, I'm Theo Glasscock. I'm glad you boys are enjoying my museum. It's always good to hear such spirited debate about the tales of the cursed rumor. But everyone knows it's the curse of the tales that causes the rumors. Oh. We're going to curse this city with that snowball. Excuse me. I have to go do business for a living. Er, you guys get the sinking suspicion that Glasscock be the fetch felcher? Him? But he's a millionaire. He doesn't have the physique for it. And with those shoes? Er, but the felcher always be palling around with his first mate snail trail. And Glasscock has his boy, Dick Ward. And? They be both be wee boys. The snail trail only wears a tiny mask. You can see his whole face. Uh, I don't know. One hour later, at Commissioner Patty Mick O'Brien's office. All right, boys. After the burglary of the snowball from the Glasscock Museum, we need to set up a perimeter. I need me lead detective to canvas the area. Canvas? But we don't have an art wing at the museum. You're Van Goeing in the wrong direction. Aye, great. Who invited the felcher? Crime is an open invitation for the Felcher and his youthful work. Snail trail! All right, lads. I was just about to show me boys the surveillance footage from the museum. As you can plainly see, three men in trench coat walk into the janitor's closet. Dr. Penetrator, Captain Fishhooks, and Manly Manly walk out. It's obvious that those three men are in dire need of a rescue. Holy three-way of trouble, Felcher! Are you fucking kidding me? Those men go into the closet and the villains come out. That man is wearing Fishhook's captain's hat without a trench coat. Then they steal the snowball and knock out the security camera. No, Commissioner. There are two things stolen. The snowball and the man's captain's hat. Holy hat hijinks! Rewind the tape, Commissioner. I talked to these unfortunate citizens just before their abduction, and their only crime was loving unnatural history and science. But you're not there, lad. That's clearly Theodore Glasscock, town millionaire and namesake of the Glasscock Museum. Are you sure you want to make that statement? You know the whole point of a secret identity is to keep it secret, right? No, no, that's me. Quick, snail trail! We need to check that closet for clues! To the Felchmobile! Fine, fine. Take your smart car, the, the car, the one registered to Theodore Glasscock. 
I tell you, boys, we have the worst fucking superheroes. All right, we need to find this snowball before the villains release the curse. I thought the curse was only a rumor. Back at the museum. Thank goodness, Filter and Snail Trail, Hitler's cursed snowball has been stolen. Settle down, chum. There's a kidnapping to... More pressing matters to attend to. There's been a kidnapping. And a man's hat stolen. Precisely. We need to take this closet in for questioning. Mr. Glasscock, it's attached to the building. I could block it off for you with that velvet rope if you'd like. There's no time. Quickly, to that tiny room. Okay, you, you boys have fun. My God. Damn this villainous door and its closedness. Whatever will we do, Snail Trail? Will the Felcher and Snail Trail figure out the riddle of the door? Is the Felcher's secret identity safe? Will the citizen get his hat back? Tune in next week to find out. Same Felch time, same Felch channel. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. While the Felcher and Snail Trail wrestle with the problematic door, the heinous hat trick of Dr. Penetrator, Cap'n Fishhooks, and Manly Manly celebrate their latest heist deep within their lair beneath Assinippi, Massachusetts. I have to say, after uh, finishing up mopping after this crime that happened out there, sure happy to have somebody to split these beer with. Arr, thanks, janitor of the museum. This is the dark helmets from Westbrook Brewing Company. This is a black rye lager. You let us use your closet. You let us drink your beer. Class act. I like my beer like I like my men. The darker the better. (laughs) Always good for a hoot, this one. (laughs) Aye, that's why we keep them around. Um... It's a dark really, beer. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are here to finish this beer because I'm pretty water sure. is all hell. I'm pretty Captain sure Fishhooks, you have to enjoy it. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling a little tipsy. When you guys want to take me home? <laughs> we can't go till after the crime is done. Get it together, Manly Manly. I'm pretty sure that's after drinking some of the Yeti beers. Our taste buds probably aren't ready for something this light. Or this beer's just shit. <laughs> yeah, it could be that as well. It, there's, it's a black rye lager. It's, there's not a lot to it. <laughs> it it seems like they're just trying to bank off the geek cred. Like, cashing in off of just making a parody off of something. No, no, no. I did a deal with Dark Emma once. He's a good guy. <laughs> this beer's shit. Dark Helmet? That's really getting me, uh... A little, little, little flustered over here. Well, drink up, me hearties. It's almost time to for us to use a curse. Load it into me cannon, and sh- so I can shoot it into the sky, cause a blizzard, melt the snow, and drown the town. Now, I've heard rumors that it can penetrate the heart of any man, turning them evil. When I throw it at Santa Claus... I'll end Christmas forever. I thought we were going to rub it on people's nipples, like in the tails. <laughs> Holy rattling room of robbers! The Felcher at Snail Trail. How did you get in here? Good job! Did you think that 
heinous door would keep us from stopping you kidnappers. Aye, kidnappers? We didn't kidnap no one. You mean stealing the snowball, right? Kidnappers are a superstitious and lying lot. And you're wearing that man's hat. Where are they? You, you mean me captain's hat? Your hat. That hat belongs to the gentleman I've met out in the museum. No, we were there, but the only landlubber we saw was Glasscock? See, boys, I told ya. No, I distinctly remember to speaking to three gentlemen in trench coats about the snowball right before it was stolen. They walked into the closet, and then you kidnapped them. Astro's hat! No, those were ours, see? The trench coats are right here. Those poor men! You skinned them! You monsters! No, no. They're coats, see? Watch. I'll put it on. Sir! You're alive. Hurry! Rescue is this way. Gobble lost if you want to live! Wait, wait. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, see you suckers later. <laughs> I'm escaping. Oh, look. I'm one of the kidnapped victims, too. Let me just pit my skin back on. This way, sir! Sorry we couldn't do anything for your poor friend who was hung on that coat rack. There. Let's go! What a bunch of tuna brains. I'm still here. And why would you leave with the superheroes? But now I can drown the city. Back at Asinippy Hall at the commissioner's office. Hi. What are you lads doing here? Good news, commissioner. We saved two of the kidnapping victims. But the bad news is that one of them was skinned. Possibly while alive. And his hat is still missing. Precisely. The kidnappees are right outside. If you need to question them. Right outside? Well, that's Manly Manly. And Dr. Penetrator. Why are they eating ice cream? Space ice cream. We got it at the museum. Ugh, every time. You did it again, Felcher. Right, guys, but wrong crime. Can you get some boys to bring them in? Are those policemen taking them home? Bye, guys! But where's fish hooks? Bring, bring. Hello, top of the morning to ya. Paddy McO'Brien, Commissioner of Police. Uh-huh. Snowball. Uh-huh. Cannon. Uh-huh. Blizzard. Uh-huh. Flood the town. What? No ransom? Just letting us know. Well, thanks. Uh, Captain Fishhooks? Was that a click? (laughs) It's the dial tone. (laughs) I wasn't sure. (laughs) 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 I think the commissioner was hanging up there. (laughs) No, no. I I think Captain (laughs) Bishop hung up on him. (laughs) Nothing to fear. But it says click in the script. Right. <laughs> well, that was Fishhooks. Because nobody got the snowball or him, he's going to start a blizzard. 
melt all the snow and drown the entire town. That devilish demon of the seas. Holy snow, Magadan! He must have stolen the snowball when we were distracted by the kidnapping. But... We're going to have to go to the Glasscock Manor to the super secret Felch Cave to process evidence with the Felch Computer. Will you stop telling people? I bet you a million dollars. If you go back to the museum where you found those kidnappers, you'll find fish hooks on the snowball. <laughs> but you don't have a million dollars, Commissioner. I'm the only town millionaire. We found them at the museum. And there's only one person who has full access to it besides me. Procurator! <laughs> Precisely! To the curator's house! Can someone send a car to the museum to catch fish hooks? Later at the home of the Museum of Unnatural History and Science curator. Gather round, children. Let me tell you the story of how I met your grandmother. God rest her soul. Ding, Ding dong. dong. <laughs> oh. Screw that up, <laughs> oh, Mr. Glasscock. Oh, and your young ward, Dick Ward. Is something amiss? The cursed snowball is a-missing. You foul fart of a felon. Good one, old chum. Now, get ready for a mouthful of justice, you creature. Oh, what? Why? <laughs> Where's oh. the snowball? Oh. He asked for the snowball, old man. Oh, not in front of the children. P- please, this is how their grandmother died. Oh. The case of the jaywalking jailbird. She died a whore, and you're going to die a villain. Oh. Where's oh. the snow? Ball! look! As our heroes pause from being the museum curator senseless, they witness the snowball launching into the air from the town square. He must have had a reamer! Right, Snail Trail! A remote explosive aimed missile and mission remote. One of those kids must have had it. Get them, Snail Trail! I'll launch them. <laughs> I'll launch the Felchmobiles Guided Ballistic Ordnance Neutralization Exploding Rocket! Guided Power Missile! With the press of a button and the flip of a switch, Felcher launches the guided boner missile at the snowball, destroying it, causing a light snow to begin to fall on the town. What the snowball? It makes total sense. Good work, lads. You somehow managed to blow up the snowball before it started the blizzard and given as a nippy a white Christmas it's deserved, not the Christmas it wants. The boys managed to catch fish hooks in the square, but sadly were unable to catch the crooks who beat up the poor museum curator. That was us, Commissioner. We beat him good! Him and his minions! There's no escaping the vacuum of justice! Good lord, the kids too. You two are in your thirties. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you boys think? You know, I'm here, Dan Didio. I want to pitch you this story. It's a new 52 take on the old, uh, Felcher and the Snail Trail. I think it could be, uh, made very Christmassy. You could, you know, maybe include a red or green lantern here or there. Uh, but overall, 
I think it's going to be a really good Christmas season for all of you and yours. Dan, how'd you get in here? We oh. asked you last year to come to the special, but you keep showing up. Yeah, Dan, like, it was a one-time invite. You can't keep eating all of our food. But uh I thought everything in the fr- fridge was fair game. No, we uh, said you can have all the Senka you want. <laughs> you overstayed your welcome, Dan. <laughs> I, I guess I'll just go and uh, visit Nick Cage then, because uh he treats me well during this Christmas time. And you get to see his dang. <laughs> we don't like to mention that here. 